Spooks with Denzel Myrick and Douglas Skelton. Hello and welcome to Spooks. Yes, it's me again, Denzel. He's Spooks back. Last... He's yes. back. Yes. See, you've come in before you're announced again. That's just normal. <laughs> I know, but you know, our listener knows I'm here. No, that's not necessarily. They didn't know I wasn't there last week until you said anything about it. No, because they don't notice that you're not there. But the listener does notice it. You know, oh, they know I that know. I am here. Oh, I know listeners that really notice when I'm not there. Yeah. Oh but, yes. But Mrs. Yeah. Myrick doesn't count. She's not bothered if I'm there or not. Let's <laughs> <clears throat> be let's be fatalistic about this. <laughs> And so how have you been, Dugs? What have you been up to? I haven't, haven't spoken to you for a while. No, well, you know, holding the fort in the old Spooks front as usual. Um, in, yeah, alone in the Spooks studio. Yeah, just a drudge. Douglas, the pointless drudge. Yeah. Here, sounds like a T- Thomas Hardy novel. Yeah, no, no, no you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about Here Come the Drudge. Well, I think that could I be... I can't could sing be it for copyright reasons, but you know what I'm talking about. And so... As we said, we're back, and this is a very exciting spooks for me. Yes. That's why. Has something happened, Denzel? Something has happened, Douglas. Really? Yes, something has occurred. Um, for the, un, uninitiated, the um, something I've been sitting on for a long time because of, of COVID has, has finally been, I've, I've got off it, I'm not sitting on it anymore. You've got a new armchair. That's what it is. Yes, it's a lazy boy. Yeah. I originally, I originally bought it for you and Michael. But <laughs> then I thought, what was the point? Let's just use it myself. No, it's um, the TV, the much the much um, questioned TV show. For years and years, I've been asked about a TV adaptation about DCI Daily, my DCI Daily Books. And finally, um, it's in progress, starring none other than Rory McCann. Um, produced with other producers, um, Fudge Park and Ocean Independent, and I'm going to be an executive producer on it. I'm pleased to say. So, what is an executive producer, Denzel? Well, funny enough, it's a funny question to ask actually, because an executive producer in the UK means different things than it does in America. But, but I'm a kind of hybrid Mid Atlantic executive producer in that I will be. You talk funny. No. <laughs> No, that's that's you. Uh, I, I will be executively producing um, in more of the American style than in the, the British style. I think in, in the UK, it's much more to do with bean counting and, um, you know, finance and all that kind of stuff. Whereas the executive producer I'm going to be is more sort of involved with the content and the project itself rather yeah. than the finances behind it mm. so that's it's very interesting and exciting we've got a, award-winning writer and director anthony nielsen beavering away on the script as we speak mm-hmm. now if you've never heard of anthony nielsen he is was the man behind or is the man behind i hate susie which was a big hit for hbo susie i know BAFTA nominated in this country and nominated for other awards elsewhere yeah. and he also was the writer-director of The Debt Collector, starring Billy Connolly way back in 1999. Yeah. So just to give you a bit of background on Mr. Nielsen. Yeah. So it is very exciting. And Rory McCann, 
of course, who is is hot from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Rory, Rory's a big, you know, he's a big man in terms of his profile uh, and a big man in, in terms of his stature. Nah, he's a big lad. He's a big he's lad. A big lad. Yeah. He's a big lad, but he's a really good actor. I'm delighted that he, funnily enough, um, this all began many years ago, but four, four years ago or so, that a poll daily readers had on, by, on their own on Facebook. And it was, uh, who would be, be the best Jim Daly? And everyone, well, I think about nearly 70% of people said, said uh, Rory McCann. Really? And that was, yeah, out, out of so many different, you know, clearly there were some ridiculous suggestions. I remember the late Richard Griffiths being suggested as a potential <laughs> candidate, which I thought was rather, and, and, and the guy that suggested it was adamant that this was a good idea. Oh, no, no, he would be great. You know, that's who I have in my head when I'm reading the books. And I thought, my goodness. As much as I liked Richard Griffiths, uh, and I, I loved did, that. Yeah. I loved the 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 uh, the detective show that he was in. I can't remember what it was called, but he was a, a detective who'd become a chef. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I can't I can't see him as as Jim Daly. Not really. No. No, it, it wasn't exactly. I mean, my Jim Daly is a wee bit overweight. He's not. To be fair to the late Richard Griffiths, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say he was rather obese. Yeah. Um, and my Jim Daly's just got a bit of. You know, a, a belly maybe, and that's about it. But um, no, not not that. There were a lot of strain. Of course, you get you get all the the detectives who people who are currently playing detectives, like Biggie Henschel and Shetland, and yeah, yeah, um, all that kind of stuff. You know, that was one of the one of the other. Oh, get Doogie Henschel would be good, and I no doubt Doogie Henschel would be good, but he's just off the back of a a Scottish play, yeah. a Scottish TV detective, and he's not yeah. going to be doing it again. Um, I don't think either he would want that. Uh, as well, because you know, so he doesn't want to get typecast as being a Scottish TV detective, much as I admire Mr. Henschel's work. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Rory McCann's a great choice for, for Jim Daly. Yeah, he is. He's got the right stature, and he does, it had to be somebody big. Jim Daly's a big, understated man. Mm-hmm. He's a big, he's a big man who, you know, doesn't he doesn't throw that that stature about, but he does when needed. If you know what I mean, yeah. So yeah. He, he's not he's not going to intimidate people just by his by his, his height or or size. He's 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 it's going to be used when necessary as a police officer. And so um, that's the 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 whole duality of that that I find interesting mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's a really exciting thing. It's exciting for me. I'm most excited for um, back home in in Campbellton because mm-hmm. it's been a hard hard mm-hmm. time for them of late. We've had two big businesses closing down the wind tower uh, factory, which made the towers big poles that these massive wind turbines sit on, uh, has closed, and the local creamery. And and the you know taken individually to to a lot of people listening to this, that won't sound like much, but when you factor in that Campbelltown is 130 miles on a very twisty road from the nearest city, which is Glasgow. Uh, it's not just easy from for people to step out of one job and then to another, and when businesses close and people lose their jobs, it has an impact on the whole economy. Shops close, restaurants, hotels, you name it, everything is affected, and it's it represented a large part of the the workforce in Campbelltown, 
um, when both places closed down. Not to mention the farming community who, you know, produced the milk that made the cheese that the creamery produced, the wonderful Wallachintyre cheddar that was so good and will miss so much. Um, so my hope is that this will take add a bit more to, you know, you'll bring it bring some prosperity back to the town, which is handily ignored too often. Yeah, I mean, although it's it's you know this was announced on on Monday of this week, and it's still early days in the production, so there's a lot of imponderables at the moment. But it's it's heartening to know that that you know you as an executive producer as involved yes. in the in the creative side rather than the administrative side, as you explained, um, mm. that you can caretake the 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 material. Because the daily books have got you know a vast amount of fans, and everybody will have their own ideas, and not everybody, you know this yourself, will be pleased when it does finally reach the screens. Because that's the law. That's just the law of television, really. That that people who like the books, but at least you are there to make sure that the the ethos of the of the daily books is intact, and and that the characters don't get monkeyed about with too much. Well, far be it from me. I mean, I'm not going to tread in Anthony's toes. Anthony's a, a screenwriter of of great repute and mm-hmm. very, very, you know, he's a very talented man in his, his own right. He's a writer and he's an actor and he's a director. Goodness gracious. Uh, but, you know, my job isn't really to cu- curate, it's to develop. And the development, you know, what works on the page doesn't necessarily work in the screen and vice versa. And as you know, being a fan of film and film especially, that... Um, things you know, yeah. Long form television is a different beast than than even even film. Um, when we're talking about eight eight times sixty minute episodes uh, per season of the New Daily Show, mm-hmm. and it, you know that's not going to be based in one book. So there'll be there'll be elements you recognise from the books. Certainly, there'll be characters you recognise from the books and the, and the, the overall feeling of of the books, but not. We're not sticking rigidly to plots and and um, that you've seen in the books. Are you going to be on set? Oh, <laughs> am I going to be on set? It's gracious. I'm going to one of these cherry picker things. George Horse, a megaphone, a viewfinder. A viewfinder, Don't yes. Don't forget the viewfinder. You need that right your neck. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a wee chair with my name in the back. Yeah. Yeah, oh. In case you forget. In case I forget who I am, which, <laughs> you know... I mean, I don't even know if I'll be able to know where I'm going when I get out of the house after <laughs> such a long hibernation. But, yeah, yeah, clearly, it's it's something that I'm very interested in, not just from the, the notional point of view, but also from the practical point of view. Like you, I've always been interested in filmmaking and the making of TV. And this is a chance to get an up-close and personal look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's obviously very, very welcome. And, you know, you could some some faces that you, you know might just pop up. You know. <laughs> as in as in guest stars, etc. And and um, the rest of the cast, which is, is uh, unknown. To, to be announced. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say guest stars. I think mm. that's putting a bit too much. But you never know what faces may appear. Do you know what I mean, Douglas? Yeah, you're talking about cameos, perhaps, yeah. 
I don't know who he is. Is, is so, he Spanish? So are you, so are you trying to say that you're going to be doing? Well, that's what, that was a question I was going to ask. Are you going to do uh, what? Um, oh, I forgot his name. The man that created Morse, Colin Dexter, did, and he he yes. appeared in, in just about every episode of Morse. I think he didn't have any <clears> lines, <throat> but he you know he was somewhere in there. Are you going to do that? I can safely say that I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> You know, I've no, I mean, if you'd asked me 20 years ago, I may have been jumping, champing at the bit to be in a, a TV show, but not now. I will leave that firmly to those that can act and maybe a few extras. But what about a silhouette like Alfred Hitchcock did in, in one of his films? Just, you know, the the, the, the Myrick silhouette passing by a frosted door or something like that. I don't think that's a good idea, do you? No. No, no I, I'll have not, you know, that's just pure conceit. And um, there's no room for that. I just want it to be... Said, be. said the man who's going to be wearing, getting a cherry picker, Jodhpur's uh, a megaphone and a viewfinder. <laughs> well, you know, that's just to keep things in line and in train. Um, <laughs> I feel as though my... You know, I'll just be there, but just watching it all happen. A bit like Walt Disney. <laughs> well, there we are. I'll be more Walt Disney than John Houston. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm getting you in to play Mickey Mouse if that does happen. I, I, I can understand that. I can get that. Walt Disney, but Denzel does. I knew you were going to use that line eventually. You were just desperate trying to think of what you were going to say. Of course. I, I could hear your mind, but how am I going to, Walt no. Disney, how am I going to use that here? And that's going never, to never, you know, never let a feed line go by. And that's my motto. Indeed it isn't. But, but, but <laughs> But all told, uh, it's good. It's been I've been asked about it for so so long, yeah, um, for years, and I think some people believe, or some you know, certainly in social media they do, that when you write a book, you feel the natural progression is that it goes either for a film or a television show, mm-hmm. and as we both know, that's not the natural progression at yeah. all. Yeah, and you know we all know. Um, some writers who curse the adaptations of their books in, in the big screen and small. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 th- when you're a writer, your first inclination isn't, how is this going to look in the screen? I don't think it is. What do you think, Billy? No, not really, because it's, it is very much pie in the sky. Pie in the Sky, and that was the name of the programme that, that Richard Griffiths was in. Oh, it was. Yes. I'm a killer, Douglas. Really good show. I so, knew you'd get there eventually. Yeah. I, I mean, it is very much, a, you know, it, it's a dream, I suppose, for, for some of us. Not every author wants to see their work on screen. I would love to, but, uh, you know, your material, we're going to come on to, to your latest novella, um, later on as well, but a lot of your, your your stuff is very visual, and I try and do the same with my work. So I do have this visual image of of what's going yeah. on. Uh, but it, I, I know what you're saying. Um, it's not a natural progression. It's not just something that happens. And even though you see quite often that a number of books have been optioned for the screen, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to make it mm. to the screen. Yours are. Yours are, I know that. Um, but it's it's not necessarily a, a, a fait accompli just because an option's been been bought. Well, uh, Stephen, Stephen King famously gives away his an option to everyone of his books for a penny. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, the difference is the difference between optioning and development and production. Yeah, uh, and you know, lo- lots and lots of people have have that on their their Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, for years, and you never see anything coming of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I suppose I've been fortunate in that regard. However, uh, as as far as it being the, the work of the books being cinematic, I suppose they are because I spend so much time describing the Kintyre Peninsula where, mm-hmm. where they're set. And that, that's a place where, you know, I, I think we've mentioned this before, but these celebrity travel people who jump on a coracle or in a, a barge or a bike and they, they go around the British Isles, Isles um, selecting places to visit. And what they always do is, nine times out of ten, <clears throat> they jump off at Ayrshire, get get the ferry to to Ireland, to, to Northern Ireland, and then they go to the Giant's Causeway, and then they sail onto the Crinning Canal, and that's it. Handily circumnavigating Kintyre altogether. Yeah. And every time I see a show like that, I think, oh, wait a minute, not again. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, as though, and I've even heard it said that Ireland, you are the closest places to Ireland. Kintyre's the closest place, place to Ireland of Ireland. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not Ireland, Jura. Uh, I, had, I heard that said, I can't remember which celebrity it was, but it absolutely infuriated me. This, this, is, where, this is where they took whiskey, the art of whiskey making from Ireland to Ireland, Jura. It wasn't, you know, the, the first Scots landed in Kintyre mm. because it was the closest place to go. Even St. Columba, it was his first stopping off point. And indeed, if you know anything at all about um, Campbelltown, especially, or, or the surrounding parts of the peninsula, you'll know that there's a very different feel to Campbellton than there is to any other Argyll town. Um, it's not like Danoon and it's not like Oban. It's not like Kilpid. There's a definite difference in the way people speak and in the way people, you know, in the culture. And it owes much more to the connections, historic connections with what's now County Antrim than it does to, to the rest of Argyll. Because at the end of the day, this was the kingdom of Dalriada, and, yeah. and and where Campbellton now is is at its epicenter. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um it's definitely a different place. And you, I know you've been to Campbellton on a few occasions. Yeah, I've, 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 I've had very warm welcomes in, in Campbellton. I thought the pitchforks were a bit much, but you know the the torches were fine. I, I mean, you know, I mean, you're right. I I I, I do like Campbellton. I like the other places as well, Obendon and. Um, but then I do have a soft spot for that area, as you know, because um, the the maternal side of of my family came from Gia. Uh, indeed, and, yeah. so you know I do have a, an affection for that area. And and indeed, and I I must mention this before we you know before we move on to something else, I want to mention our, our respective and mutual agent, Joe Bell. Yeah. Because let me tell you, without Joe Bell at Bell Lomax Morton, um, I doubt this project would have come to fruition in any way because Joe worked tirelessly and there's shares boundless enthusiasm for everything, not just TV and film, but books and everything else that she does. Joe is, Joe is a proper enthusiast. Yeah. And, you know, that, that transmits itself not just to, to people who are maybe buying our books or or making TV and films, but but also to the the, the creators, the the writers, and the the authors that she she deals with, 
she's a real ray, ray of absolute sunshine. And yeah. I thank her from the bottom of my heart for our help with all yeah. this. It's been invaluable. Yeah, there's only one word to describe Joe, and that is Fabby. 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 That's how Joe so, Fabby. Yes. A big, a big round of applause for Joe. That's enough. That's not <laughs> Yeah, we don't want, yeah. She'll, no, she'll get big headed there. Just in case you fall out with her, as you do with so many people. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. oh, 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 I Mr. know the trail. Mr. Of... Pot meets Mr. Kettle. And he. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I am a man of great. Uh, what's the word? Uh, I, I dread not, to say it not, over the over the the ether. Let's not let's not mention it. It's, yeah. it's just going to be different. No, but seriously, Joe has been fabulous. Yeah, and I shall know you think the same because she works with you as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that she's 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 fabulous. But it's great news uh, about the 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 TV show and you know, Twitter in particular uh, was a blaze. On Monday, uh, well, so, the, was, so was Facebook. Was Facebook the same? Um, yes, yes. Well, it's understandable. There's a lot of excitement surrounding it. Yeah, and I know a lot of you, if you're listening, uh, asked me questions. You know, other, you know, further on from the the statement that was made. But you know, it's impossible for me to expand on anything at the moment in terms yeah. of cast or anything else. Yeah, at uh, this stage, nothing more can be said. Nothing more can said. be nothing more can be said. But all but. Also, a big thank shout out to the guys at Pitch Park and Ocean Independent, mm-hmm. um, Phil Gilbert, Damon Beasley, and Michael Hallett. Um, have all been absolutely fabulous um, yeah. the way things are going. And I think and, they must be to put up with you. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Oh no, they're, they're mm-hmm. perfectly happy to put up with me. And, absolute you know, saints. Well, I didn't go quite that far. The very responsible <laughs> in betweeners movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah okay. Uh, which I loved, and you know, you didn't seem to. Nope, there's no point in me lying. Well, that's just because you're not down with the kids like what I am. Uh, that's the problem. You're not down with it. It's, it was fat. It was absolutely sick, man. Yeah. Fat. <laughs> yeah. It was fat. Uh, I don't know if absolutely. you're quite as down with the kids as you think they are, Denzel. I don't know if those are terms that they still I use. Am, I am right down with the kids. Mm. Absolutely, boy Of course, I'm Welsh. In, in, in many ways, so boyo sounds absolutely the right term to use for kids. All right, kids. All right, boyo. David, see, David Monteith will be raging now because he can't do as good a Welsh accent as Yeah, he? and you keep putting Welsh characters in your books, just to annoy him. The fact that I put 16 different dialects in the first two pages of the last daily book mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the fact that I was trying to challenge David Monteith. <laughs> And, he, and that, can I say, he, and for any other truth, he coped admirably. If you're if you're listening to the audio edition, mm-hmm. my goodness me, he did. He was he was a star. But he is. Star. He's, he's very very good. He's he's one of the best um, of it, the okay. of the narrators. And, and as is the, the Sarah Barron, who narrates my my Rebecca books. I think she's exceptionally good. I think the fact that I, I know David and I've known him for 30 odd years mm. is a, makes a difference. And it was an entire coincidence that he narrated the books. Yeah. And he also goes on to re- narrate A Toast to the Old Stones. Oh, very cleverly done. Now we segue into our next subject. Oh, yes. Ah. I'm an old hand at this business, let me tell you. 
I'm You've a, read. A I'm toast just to an old, old hand. Yes, I have. Toast to the uh, a toast to the old stones is uh, Mr. Myrick's new novella um, out in time for Christmas, and I've got to see it. Uh, and I, I, I've got to say, it, not just because Denzel's uh, on the other side of this microphone, um, but it is exceptionally good. It's very, very funny. Uh, and and I'm, it's not, I'm not saying it just because I'm here, but I think it's exceptionally good too. <laughs> Do you know, it, it really is. Good. No, it really is. It's, there, there's a lot of fun in that. And it well, is also cinematic. I mean, I can see, you know, when, I, when I'm reading... Um, both these novellas, um, the Large uh, Measure of Snow, Large Measure of Snow, that's right, and the the new one, A Toast to the Old Stones, they, they are very very cinematic in, in the in the storytelling, and they're Ealing esque. I think they're very very like you know the the, the humor that's in them. It's got quirky characters, um, and it's, it is very very like the the old Ealing comedies. Um, Absolutely brilliant. I, I loved every every page of it. That's very kind of you, Douglas. Pains me and, to say it. It does pain me to say it. Most unlike you. Yes. Well, I mean, the, 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 the genesis of the, these novellas were, were quite strange because, as anybody know, knows who's read One Last Run Before Midnight, I've written a number of short stories and even a, novella, a smaller novella in there um, on Sandy Hoynes and Young Hamish, the first really in... in and what is now a trilogy, mm-hmm. but but uh, you know, but when I was discussing my last contract with our dear publisher Polygon, they were keen to have more short stories, and I wasn't particularly keen to do that. Uh, and I, I was keen though to to write in the shorter form as long as it was in print and on audio, and then in their own right, rather than just as short stories tend to be now um, published as ebooks. Yeah. So. We decided that the, the we'd give the we'd revisit the Sandy Hoynes and Hamish thing back in the sixties, and I was very pleased to do that. And they're great fun to write. They're very different as as a process of writing than daily is, because that's very exacting, and you've got such a I know a, a canon of books and characters and events to take into account every time you're writing a daily book. Mm-hmm. You you know you it's it's as you know writing a, a series as people seem to to think it's easier than writing a standalone book. It isn't because you're constantly having to refer back just so you don't contradict yourself from a previous book. Do you have that experience? Don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I've done it. I've done it. In yeah, fact, you... in, in, in the, the, the next Rebecca, the new one that, that's coming out next year, my editor picked up that I had called a character about four different names, which is fine, but this is a character that had been in Thunder Bay. So... I still haven't got the name right. I don't think I got it right once, actually. It's good to know that you realise that, that that you know, this this idea of writing a series is more difficult than writing a standalone novel, but you just plough ahead anyway. Yes, I Regardless, do. that's I do. this stuff. Because that's the and kind I'd, of guy I'm or, you know. Yes. Yes. I remember the first time I heard that expression, I was in the police in Glasgow, and, and I said, which one of you is Johnny? Jones or whatever his name was, and he says, Umar. I thought, eh. Could, because we weren't exposed to such stuff at, 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 in Campbellton. Nobody yeah. said Umar at home. And I thought there was something wrong with this young lad. And, and I said, which one of you is Davy Archibald? Umar. I thought, that's just fabulous. I've learned a new thing. I remember, 
I remember when I started newspapers. When I, I, I started newspapers, I was selling advertising. Um, not very well, I've got to say, but despite that, imagine. despite that, I rose to be an advertisement manager with the paper, but that's another quite... Well, promotion's rapid in that paper. Strange eh? story. <laughs> but but I, I, I was verbally battered uh, by my boss in the early stage of my advertising career because I would say, you know, something like, would you like to advertise in worse paper? And she, she, she would say, don't say worse paper, it's our paper. And I would also say uh, advertisement. And, oh, sorry, my cat's just leapt onto my, my lap there. Um, she said that. That's she really did. Odd. Yeah, it's very strange. It's strange yeah, sort strange. of paper. But we did have an office cat called Smokey. So you were saying, will you advertise in more paper? I, you know, we, we, do you want to take an advertisement in more paper? Um, I don't, good gracious. I, I, so she, she, she picked me up in that and she said, it's not worth paper, it's our paper. And it's not advertisement. You don't say advertisement, it's advertisement. Can I ask you why on earth she, she employed you in the first place, knowing that you couldn't speak? Absolutely no idea. No, I mean, I'm making it sound worse than it actually was, but um, oh. it's just it's just the way it would come out. And I'm emphasising the worst, so it wasn't quite as, as uh, emphatic as, as you're hearing it now. But uh, absolutely no idea how I got the job because I was utterly useless as a salesperson. And I yet can just I became ad manager. I can just picture the young skeleton embarking in his career in the in the field of journalism with your straw boater and your striped jacket, your white trousers in the roaring twenties. Yep. Given it all day. Oh, I, were you there? Those... Did you see me? No, but I've read I've read people who's who that have mentioned you in their autobiography. Bill, Bill Deeds uh-huh. mentioned you, I think, in his autobiography. Working with <laughs> Douglas Skeleton was one of the low lights of his career. <laughs> yes, he he said that. And what we talk- oh, we're talking about the novellas, weren't we? Yes. Um, and, well, so it's been ha- very heartening for me to know that this this is becoming a bit like Bruins and Ur Willie, mm-hmm. if you're a Scot and know about such things. Um, the Bruins and Ur Willie are a series of cartoons appearing in the Sunday Post, which every year were made into annuals, like, you know, mm-hmm. a series of, of, of cartoons, yeah. uh, like the Beano annual or the Dandy annual. They became annuals. Yeah. And I don't think there are many Scottish households of a certain vintage that didn't have either a Bruins or, or an Urwilly annual sitting under the Christmas tree. Do, do you think I've so? Got, I've got some. I have. Somewhere. You have? I'm sure I have somewhere. I've got uh, some Bruins annuals and Urwilly annuals. If I, think, if I, I don't know if, if they used to come out, uh, they would have one of each at one point, but certainly laterally uh, they would alternate, so I think one year would be Orwellian and next year would be the Bruins. Now, this this leads me to a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it true that you were at one point auditioned for a potential uh, adaptation of Orwellian, but you didn't pass muster? Is this correct? It is is true. I I fell off. I fell off the bucket. Um, I knew I shouldn't have had that whiskey beforehand. I thought it was something to do with your Willie, but but let's let's not go down that road. Um, I know you have an affection for Daphne and the Bruins. <laughs> and let's be honest, who doesn't? I can just see you and Daphne tripping the light. Oh, if I was good at Photoshop, but the things I would do. Uh, but no, they become kind of like the 
the, the Bruins and Urwilly and that people are looking forward to one every year now. Uh, I'm due to write an hour next year, but beyond that, I don't know. But, I, you know, such such is the popularity of them that uh, I, I I think it's going to be something they're going to be stuck with forever. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but it's they're, a happy place to be stuck. They're, they're, they're handsome little devils, uh, these these novellas. I really like the look of them. The, 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 you know, Polygon have done a great job with them. Who? Oh, Polygon. They've done a fantastic job with the, these books. And I think it's well-presented books are something that Polygon excel at mm-hmm. um, because they've been doing it so long. And for, for those of you who don't know Berlin Polygon, it's, they published both myself and Douglas. And the Berlin arm of Polygon, you know, I think publishes some of the best, not just Scottish interest, but general interest books, things that you wouldn't see any other publisher do. They, they take up the cudgels and do because they think they're worthwhile to mm-hmm. so to a certain extent they're quite you know old fashioned in their approach um and and that in, in circumstances like this with a toast to the old stones and indeed a large measure of snow before it you know i don't think you would see many publishers doing that would you double no no i don't think so um, the, 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 i mean yeah you're right i mean the Berlin um imprint there's some absolutely fabulous books and that, and they look great as well. It's not just that the, the content is good. You know, the, 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 you know there's some f- f- brilliant covers. They taste good. They look aye. good. And by God, I knew they you were going to say that. Because good. Aye, aye. You don't even need to do an impersonation, Douglas, because you're doing it all the time. I know. Fife Robertson. You are Fife Reborn. I've taken to smoking a pipe as well, just to be more like him. So you've just put, put down the marijuana and picked up the pipe? I don't know. The marijuana's in the pipe. Well, I thought you'd have a bong. No, no, I'm, I'm too old for that. Um, I see. So, you don't know no, what a bong is, do you? Not, not since the injunction. Um, you don't. Tell, tell us you don't know what a bong is. I have, I have heard the term, but I, I, I wouldn't know one if I saw one. Right. Bing bong. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll... In a private, a more private moment, I should tell you what a bong is. <laughs> uh, it's not a problem, and and you know I'll enlighten you as to that. Um, it's, it's something you should be aware of before you shuffle off this mortal coil, as the older writer ever to be published in the UK. Yes, uh, not, but we're proud. We're proud. So that's the Toast to Old Stone, which is available um, yeah. everywhere online or digital. In shops and audible audio everywhere not just audible but all over the place yeah um so if you like a nice christmas it's nostalgic humorous yeah. christmas read i do recommend dash it. out all, all kidding and joking aside i do recommend it and um, a large measure of snow if you haven't read that as well uh, which will still be available uh, well douglas's recommendation yeah. douglas's recommendation sounds the death knell for those it does books. that's true that's why i did it you know that should. In fact, I can I can hear you plummeting in the bestseller ranks even as we speak. <laughs> yes, the before going, I, I I was looking forward to that book, but I listened to a podcast with Douglas Gill the other day, and he didn't think it was any good at all. Well, no, he liked it, but that's I mean you've read his books. I mean, come on, come on. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if he thinks it's good, can it even be good? That kind of thing will be going in many people's minds as we will be people just walking out of Waterstones as we speak. Having gone in to buy a toast and, and been casually listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. 
on on their device of choice. Yep. And then just getting to it, turning around and walking out yeah. because of a Douglas Skelton recommendation. You see, there is method in my madness. Uh, no, just madness. And <clears throat> but but so anything you were oh you were in Glasgow this week and. Of course, Glasgow has been hosting the COP26. Yeah. What was, was Glasgow like? It was hoaching, buzzing with cops. I mean, I've never seen so many police officers in the Glasgow city centre. I mean, if I didn't know what it was, I would have thought that COP26 was a police convention. There was that many of them. Um, it was quite, an, quite an incredible sight. In fact, I think where I was up in Blystwood Square, don't say mm, anything. No, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not, no, no surprise there then yeah try to drum up a bit of business for myself um but it, it's yeah. you know you know i think i saw more police officers than i saw ordinary people well i the, the bit that the the takeaway i think it's the new word that i've learned the takeaway i have mm. is that i was listening to the wireless the other day and it mentioned that barack obama who is one of the, the star speakers and appeared the day before yesterday i think and as part of his trip, he, he did his speech and he did the bit. And then he went to visit, I think it was a school, which is a very nice thing to do, very commendable. But he did so, and, and because there was a there was a reporter outside the school, and he says, yes, and we just, here comes Barack Obama now, uh, six cars and three minibuses. And you kind of think, well, yeah. you know, if you're going to go and speak at a, 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 a convention that's designed to save the environment, yeah, maybe taking six cars and three minibuses. Isn't, I mean, I know he's an important man, mm -hmm. and he's probably a target of some nutter somewhere. Yeah, but um, I kind of, you know, I listened to that and I thought, this is the irony of the whole thing, I think. And as you know, there has been you know other incidences of of uh, of world leaders doing things that seem to fly in the face of the spirit of the convention, but um, yeah, that's that's the way it is. I dare say if you and I were all leaders, we'd just turn up in the one car, you changing gears yep. with the hairbrush. I'd be driving, yeah, try, try to change gears with the hairbrush. I'd have followed a bus to get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yep. I'd have driven down, a, driven down a taxi lane at one point as well. We'd have no doubt ended up in Blyswood Square where your sat-nav takes you every yes. time you venture into Glasgow. Yes, yes. And for those of you who don't know Glasgow, um, Blyswood Square was notorious for many years as being uh, a place of, of entertainment. Yes. Put it like that. Where, where gentlemen would find some leisure. Some company. Yes, for their leisure. Yes, that's right. And their, and their comfort. It's not like that anymore. It has been completely uh, transformed. Um, but uh, it was certainly the uh, the place to go. So, so where, where, where is it now? Where do we go now? Um, no idea. <laughs> you nearly said it there. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas nearly <laughs> gave it away. <laughs> what do you think of that? Oh, no, I'm, out, I'm, away, I'm away again. I am still kicking myself that when we had Stuart Cosgrove on that I didn't get you to do your impression. Well, no, no, it would be unfair. We'd have put Stuart off his stride, and to be fair, he was he was an excellent podcast. It was brilliant. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. No, he was. He was really good. Yeah. So, next steps, Douglas. What's the next steps for Spooks? 
Well, we're in the process of, of trying to book a, you know, a big name. Um, can't say anything because it might not come off. Giannis uh, Papadopoulos. Yeah, that's it. I, 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 I couldn't say anything because I couldn't pronounce it. But yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully that will happen in the next uh, two or three weeks. And just to, to let you know, that Douglas and I, after much discussion, and even a bit of disagreement, um, I think he would say that's, that's not like you and I to disagree. No, indeed. <coughs> uh, we are having a Christmas special. Will be a selection of special clips from Spooks, curated by in a festive way by both of us. Yeah. And that, if if all goes well, will be available to download on the big day, Christmas Day itself. What do you think, Doug? Yep, yep. Hopefully that will happen. Hope, hope. No, I don't like this. Hopefully, it's I always like to, to have... always like to cover my bets. If Joe is here, she's going. No, it's going to happen, Daddy. <laughs> she would be saying that, and then she'd be when you wish. Upon... <laughs> this, this dear listener, comes from a situation where not only did Douglas Knight share a publisher, we share an agent, as I've said. And Joe was having her, her massive palatial garden on the south coast of England refurbished. And I convinced Douglas that she was having a mini Disneyland installed in the garden. So every time, and every time MD would walk past, you would, when you <laughs> would come over the, and we were speaking about his book, and his, he just sent his book to her. And she was reading it, and he was obviously anxious to know what she thought. And I said, oh, I just spoke to Joe, and she said, she's reading your book. He says, oh, wonderful. That's fabulous. He says, what did she say? I says, well, she just said, oh, I've been reading Douglas's book, and I've got to say, it's up when you were... She'd walked out in the back garden. Upon a star. <laughs> so I'll never know what Joe's thoughts really were. <laughs> about Douglas's book. We can only guess. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you can guess too, please send us, please send us a message via Anchor FM because you can. You can send us a, 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 vo a voice message, and we will put it on air along with one we've had for a while and not put it on air yet. <laughs> but we're going to do that. So please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and send us a message because you will get to hear yourself on this podcast. Is that not right, Doug? Yes. Yes. Once once I figure out how to do it, yes. Dead easy. A horse could do it. Well, let's get a horse, horse in here to do it for me. With, with no fingers or, or opposable thumbs could actually do that itself with hooves. <laughs> its hooves could clop like that and they could uh, sort that out. You know, I could see the horse at the MacBook. Boy, you know, you've got some ridiculous thing at your computer. I don't, doing on. that I've got some ridiculous thing I've got a, a Mac Mini I've got a Mac Mac Mini that says it all <laughs> oh shit that's not right I you can't go wrong with a MacBook Pro and a MacBook Air now that, now that we've mentioned M1. them I'm waiting for all the product for, for for Mac Apple Mac to send us some product here because we've mentioned them on the Ether I'm sure the head of Apple Apple at the moment, which whose name is... Come on, Doug. Come on. Don't know. Cox's come Pippen? On. I don't know. Cox's... Oh, no. Danny Smith. Another, another feeble attempt at a joke, ladies and gentlemen. However, I'm sure... Tim Cook. I'm sure Tim Cook 
is at this moment sitting there thinking, I must send these guys a uh, spooks some some Apple product stickers. How many Apple stickers do you have, Douglas? I have stickers somewhere. But I oh, know it's the case of how many? I don't know. However many that yeah. came however many that came with my computer. With your only Apple device. Ho <laughs> ho terrible. Um, I'm, I know not I'm, a, I'm not a big time author like you, you know, with a, with his own TV series coming up that he's going to write, produce, direct, cater, no, I'm sweet with the set, I'm executive producer, I'm edit, executive producer. I'm edit just executive score. Producer. That's that's <laughs> not a goal. I might score. I might score Photograph. It <laughs> there is a chance. There is a chance I might score it. Daniel, don't 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 dismiss that. The rest, though, I'm just the executive producer. Um, but. Scoring mm-hmm. appeals to me. I could write a catchy, catchy tune. Mm-hmm. A tune is the is the is the down with the kids again. Yeah, I think it, the, the kids would think it was sick and fat. <laughs> oh yes, sick and fat man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I suppose after this meandering, we should end our podcast with the usual caveats. Please do subscribe. Please listen in on Apple. Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. We're all over the place, literally, yes. figuratively and literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, aren't we, Dougs? Oh, yes. Always all over the place. Do you have anything to impart, wisdom to impart to listeners before we we, we, we depart? I do not. Well, that's not a surprise. And, well, thank you for listening to our episode of Spooks. Find us all over the place where you find your podcast and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of them. I thank you all. It's been a House of Steel production produced by Douglas Skelton.